This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, episode 148. Well, good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what I say it is every week, folks. It's simple. It's just a show focused on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books. We talk about epic fantasy, urban fantasy, space opera. I mean, you name it. We just try to bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy book world here to you on the show in each episode. Kicking off things this week, I'm going to uh, start digging into writing the rest of the Accidental Monk book this week. That's the fourth book in the Accidental Champion series. Um, and of course, that uh, starts off with an additional series called the Accidental Traveler series. Um, and then the Champion series comes after that. Um, I'm going to continue to work on that. But you can check out the first trilogy that came before Accidental Champion. And that starts off with the book Accidental Thief. So if you were looking for an interesting epic fantasy journey uh, with uh, a gaming twist to it, go ahead and check out Accidental Thief and uh, dig into the world of Phantasma along with main character Hal Dix. You can find out more information about everything I'm up to, including some early looks at excerpts from a new book I'm working on, as well as more over at the Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group. Um, that's where I talk about what I'm doing, as well as talk with the other people in the group, about 500 strong now, that uh, we talk about everything you do with fantasy, and we talk about our favorite fantasy movies and the books we're reading and everything else. So uh, come on over and join the fun over in Jamie's Fun Fantasy readers facebook group you can also follow me over on my website at jamiedavisbooks.com but either place i look forward to hearing from you and i definitely make sure to respond back to any comments or questions you have so uh, look me up and check it out all right, coming up on this week's show, we have author Troy Young. Troy has been many things in his career, a shoe salesman, a waiter, a newspaper owner, children's performer, actor, elected official, and policy advisor. He's now a CEO and university lecturer and uh, wants to try his hand at writing in recent years. So we chat about his space western series, Gunslinger's Emancipation, starting with the first book, The Seeker of Solace. So um, come on and uh, check it out. Uh, we also discuss why sci-fi and western genres seem to work so well together. I mean, you think about Firefly, um, you know, you think about uh, Mandalorian, um, all these great science fiction shows that are really just western set in space, which is kind of cool. So uh, here's my interview with Troy coming right up. Hi, Troy. It's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Really looking forward to this. Um, always great to be able to talk to people and hopefully connect with new uh, fans of my work. Well, that's what our goal is here. So we want to get there and uh, talk a little bit about some of your books. Um, but before we do that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You have quite an eclectic background. So fill us in on uh, who Troy is. I do have an eclectic background. I currently am a CEO of a not-for-profit organization, actually, that uh, promotes tourist attractions. I'm in Ontario, Canada, so uh, we promote all the great tourist attractions here in this province. But I'm also a business professor 
I've owned a newspaper. I've been an elected official. I've worked with elected officials. I've been a children's performer. I've kind of done a whole bunch of things. But you know what I always kind of wanted to do in the back of my mind is be an author. And I never really understood how I would go about doing that. You know, I, I kind of like my steady paychecks, right? So uh, I didn't want to to give up everything to pursue that. But then when I finally discovered self-publishing, I was like, well, here's a great opportunity for me to satisfy that desire, get it out there, and slowly, hopefully, we'll build uh, a readership base and uh, we'll become that author I always wanted to be. What uh, kind of set fire to the bug that was your writing desire? I mean, what was it that, is it something you've always wanted to do? Is it started young? Um, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I, I remember I did enter a few short story contests when I was younger, but it was never something I really thought about pursuing. And uh, I remember I, as a business professor, I was talking to my students and we were telling them about what their second career might be. You know, once you've uh, established yourself, made enough money that you're comfortable, and now making money is no longer the major focus of your career, that you're starting to look at things that would, you know, what would you do if money was no object kind of thing? And I asked my students this, and I had a whole bunch of different uh, feedback from them. I remember one kid said he wanted to be a rapper, so I made him get up and rap for the class, and that went over well. Um, but the students asked me, what would I do? And I, I'd never really thought of it. I'm like, figured here I am asking them, I should probably have an answer. And off the top of my head is I said, I, I think I'd like to be a novelist. And I hadn't done anything to that end. I hadn't really been doing any r- significant writing or anything like that. That just came to me. But it was actually a couple of years ago. I was in Florida. My parents have a, a winter home down there. So I was was there and I went for a walk. And it, if you're in southwest Florida, you don't walk anywhere. It's just sprawl and it's hot. And there's nothing to go to, it, right? So I was out walking. They just put new sidewalks in their area, and I thought I would christen them. So I was out for a walk in the hot Florida sun uh, without sunblock. Uh, I was out there for about an hour, hour and a half. And while I was walking, I came up with this idea of a story. And it was about a guy living in a trailer park in Florida, a rundown trailer park, kind of a loser. Originally, I was going to call it Florida Man, but he's not your typical Florida man. There's no, you know, incredible hijinks and uh, unlawfulness in the story. But I came up with this this tale, and it was basically fully formed within a couple hours. And I remember coming back from Florida, and I'm talking to my staff and telling them about this story idea I had. And one of my staff finally said to me, she said, you know what? You're always telling us about these stupid story ideas you have. When are you going to get off your ass and actually write one? So I did, just to spite her. And that was my first uh, foray into writing. And that was in March of 2018. Uh, The first thing I published was in April of 2019. I did a, a horror short story. And it got great feedback. So then I wrote another horror short story. And it got great feedback. And on the second one, people were, were, were saying, boy, I'd like to see this as part of a series. So what was intended to be a one-off short story based off um, an experience when I was a kid in Cape Breton Island uh, ended up becoming the first in an 18-story arc 
Um, two books are already out uh, with these stories that I'm working on the third one. In fact, this morning I was writing story number 16 of this 18 story arc. So I'm hoping to have that finalized by the end of the year. So, uh, or sorry, this by the summer. And this is something I'd never really considered. It just kind of evolved. And that is one of the things too. I always tell my business students, you can never really plan your career. What you've got to do though, is be positioned in such a way to grab onto the opportunities when they present themselves. And I, I think that's just what I'm doing right now. And that, that horror, those horror story collections, that's the other, is that correct? Yes, it's the other. So it's uh, based on H.P. Lovecraft's world. It's set in H.P. Lovecraft's world. But the, the, the books, the stories are actually set in Canada because, of course, I'm from Canada. And as much as I'm a Lovecraft fan, there's no Canadian Lovecraft stories out there, none that he wrote, um, and very few people writing it. So I kind of have a, a little bit of a niche market there. Um, and it's been really well received, uh, solid sales. Uh, there's a lot of Lovecraft fans out there. And uh, I've been really pleased with it. It's my own take. It's not written in his style or anything like that, but it is using his main characters like Narlathotep and Cthulhu and things like that. So it's telling an overarching story of this series of government investigators, I guess almost like X-Files, although I've never watched X-Files. Um, people have told me it's very much like Delta Green and X-Files, and I went, great, I don't know what either of those two are, um, having never watched or read any of those, but uh, it's telling this overarching tale of what is happening. And I guess the, the one big thing always in Lovecraft is you've got Cthulhu sleeping there in his underground underwater city. What happens when he wakes up? And that's kind of what this overarching story is about. So that's fascinating. And it's interesting how as authors, we find these, these, I don't know, I, niche locations in the, in the marketplace that fit something that, that, you know, lights that spark within us. So um, that's kind of cool that you, you discovered that, that there was a need for Lovecraft, Lovecraftian stories based in Canada. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I've had a lot of great feedback from Canadians that bought it specifically for that reason. Now, most of my sales still have been in the U.S., but I've got uh, – significant uh followship uh followers out of canada who were just happy to be able to see that connection and to be hearing uh stories set in places that they were familiar with very cool well let's shift gears a little bit and look at your gunslingers emancipation um books it's a two-book series so far i'm i'm wondering if Probably you have more on the way, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, the first book is The Seeker of Solace and mm -hmm. um, is described by you as uh, part Red Dead Redemption mixed with The Mandalorian and Firefly. And boy, I'll tell you what, as a lover of all three of those things, I have to just say that sounds very intriguing. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I came up with the idea of doing it while watching The Mandalorian. My uh, then nine-year-old daughter and my wife and I were watching it the first season when it came out. And it kind of left a little bit of a, a bug in my head about maybe I should write a space western. And I loved, obviously, Firefly. Watched that series a couple times and have played the, uh, the game Red Dead Redemption. In fact, I'm just playing... 
Red Dead Redemption 2 again for the second time right now, trying to keep myself in 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 sync, I guess, with the the work that I'm I'm kind of writing right now. And so I got around to finally writing that in the summer. I started in July, and the first book, Seeker of Solace, I wrote in 12 days. Like that's the first time I've ever done that, where I just sat down and something came out um, fully formed. But it's very much um, has the feel of the Mandalorian where you've got this, this guy and he's trying to do things. And it, it really takes from the story of Red Dead Redemption. If you're familiar with the story of Red Dead Redemption, I know you are, you just mentioned it, but your, your, your listeners, you've got the, in the first one, right? John Marsden, who is being forced by, um, the Pinkertons to hunt down the remaining members of the Dutch Vanderlyn gang. And that's kind of what this is. Um, our main character, Orlan Bazaev, gets saved by a frontier marshal and basically given a choice. You can either go back up on the gallows and your life ends here, or you I can save it. But in order to do that, you have to hunt down Broden Voss and his gang members. So that's where I get that tie to Red Dead Redemption, where uh, a career criminal is given a chance, at a second chance, Um and in doing so has to purge his uh, criminal ways and his former criminal compatriots. So uh, I set that in kind of a Mandalorian-esque type uh, world, and uh, I really enjoyed writing it, and it's had some decent feedback. And the second book of that series, The Gunslinger's Emancipation, is called The Denial of Deliverance, and that came out in December. Um, the next book in the series, there's going to be four total. It was originally only going to be three, but I found that where I ended denial of deliverance to where I have to go, there's just too much that still needs to be told. So the balancing the ledger is going to be the third book in the series, uh, followed up with the triumph of virtue as the last book. So I've got two more to go. I hope to have at least one of them out uh, this year, if not both. It sounds awesome. I mean, it just, you know, the idea of, of you know, the, this guy that's that's given a, you know, a, an offer he can't refuse, literally. I mean, you know, <laughs> you can be executed or you can do this hard thing for us. And um, it's it, it's an interesting it's an interesting premise that you know, while it's been done is, is never old. I think when you look in a new, new setting and, um, I, I wonder what your thoughts are about why it is that, that the space, you know, the space genre, um, space opera or whatever you want to call it, um, in science fiction lends itself so well to this kind of Western, um, meme. Well, Western and, and, and samurai type stories, they just resonate with people, right? Because it's usually one heroic type figure who's often an anti-hero as well that, you know, it's them against something. Um, something that they're, they're trying to overcome. And there's always a personal story to the changes that the character goes through. And I think that's very compelling 
there's a there's a reason why Western movies and, and things of that nature have just really been part of the North American psyche. Um, because of that, that visceral nature of, of a simpler time and a person can fix all those uh, problems in their life, often with a gun in their hand, right? Like they, they ultimately are in charge of their own destiny and there'll be a series of challenges, but most of them are challenges that can be overcome by taking them on head on. So it's a very simplistic type story too. Um, but I think that resonates with people when they want something that is just um, light and takes them out of reality for a, a brief moment in time, these kind of tales, they work really well. And I think that's what resonates with people. And it just lends itself as well to the whole space genre the, of the unknown and the exploration. And the benefit with writing something like this in a space genre is you can forgo history. I don't have to worry about you know researching what life was like in the 1870s in Arizona because it's not set in 1870s Arizona. It's it's out on the planet Yoss, right? Like I can make up what I need to fit in uh, when I need it. And I, I think the whole space opera type uh, storyline too, being able to develop new races and aliens and new worlds and, and things of that nature lends itself to a, a very creative bent for the author. And unlike Lucas in Star Wars, I didn't make – my planets are actually – they're not all uniform, right? He's got a desert planet. He's got a swamp planet. He's got a planet that's a city. He's got a forest moon. It takes away from the fact that we live on a place like Earth that has all of those features in it. So I've tried to make my my planets a little bit more realistic and add things like, uh, you know, the poles shifted in this planet and what used to be a tropical um paradise and resort area is now constantly frozen so i'm in in one at one point they're in the ruins of an old water park so i've added you know things that we would be very familiar with to the glories of outer space to the visceral story of a western tale i i liked it and and you know you're right it speaks to people in north america who who in some ways maybe long for the f days of a, f a wild frontier and and an opportunity to as you said set your own destiny um and and the only place really left to do that anymore is what we perceive would it, it would be like once man reaches the stars and you know, gets out there and, and has a fringe where the, the lawless and the rugged individualists meet um, out there on the edges of civilization. Well, obviously for Americans, you've got even the whole Lewis and Clark story of going out and, and um, exploring untapped wilderness for us in Canada it would be like Samuel de Champlain and, and people of that nature and the, the, the Northwest uh, mounted police and the fur trade and everything like that. And I think, yeah, exactly. Every place on the planet has been explored. Where do I get to go to, you know, 
be in this really rugged backwards me against the elements type area i can't do that necessarily as a career i'm not going to be hired by the king of spain to explore uh central and south america but the stars are going to be that for us eventually yes somebody will make it to mars uh person that's so inclined will want to be front and center of making that exploration happen things of that so i think it does tap into that longing of other places and and being part of that discovery process. So I think that's why these types of stories resonate with people. Now, I know you've also written uh, an epic fantasy story uh, that's uh, out there, and I wanted to give it a quick mention because there are a lot of people that listen, to f- that read fantasy and, and check out fantasy stories in, us, in this podcast audience as well. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, the Stone of Death and uh, yeah. that series that, that you know, it start, it's got one book out right now and, and may have more in the future at some point. Um, but tell us about the Stone of Death. Well, the Stone of Death... Uh, I came up with that idea because I am a fan of fantasy. I mean, I, I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, I think I really got started into the fantasy genre with Conan and, and Robert E. Howard. Um, and more recently, uh, you know, obviously George R. R. Martin and Game of Thrones. I, I loved his books. Um, but I, I sometimes get tired of the big epic fantasy i mean as much as i like lord of the rings that's pretty much a slog um george R. R. martin can be a little bit daunting for some people too and i know a lot of people love robert jordan and i'm trying to get through eye of the world i am he he literally spent four pages describing crossing a river though and i'm like i can't do that some people love it what i wanted was a a simple down and dirty fantasy story that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek and didn't take itself too seriously because so again so many fantasy stories it's all big epic bold right like kings and queens and the the world's greatest swords wielder and and chosen ones and tortured backgrounds and i went no i want a nice simple adventure story and the one trope i took uh, is I started them in an inn, right? Just like if you play Dungeons and Dragons, how do you get four characters together that you don't know each other? Well, they meet in an inn or something like that. So I started them off on an inn during a snowstorm, and they end up getting access to this map. And nobody knows what the map leads to. So they decide to check it out. And this is this idea of the stone of death. There's this ancient artifact called the stone of death that has the power to destroy all life on the planet. And suddenly these four strangers who quite honestly are not capable people other than the, the one person is, but they have no choice, but to keep moving forward because if they stop this cult of assassins will just kill them anyway, because they've got access to this information So it becomes this epic race against two competing groups chasing our four individuals who are desperately trying to keep ahead of everybody to uncover this stone. And the the one thing that they don't know 
even if we're successful, even if we beat these two, both, you know, way more resources than us to the prize, what the hell are we going to do with it? And it's just this, there are, there's a lot of epicness to it, but also a lot of fun. Like they go to a spa at one point who goes to a spa in a fantasy novel, right? One guy's got a love for coffee and he inflicts it on everybody else. Like just little things like that, that try to make these characters more relatable and that you could actually, as a reader, envision yourself. What would it be like if I was on a fantasy track? So that's what I tried to write. And there are four main characters in it. Uh, the intention is ultimately to write four complete books each from a different point of view of one of the characters. Like my main character in this one is a guy named Cal who was a farm boy who ran off to join a mercenary company. And it starts out, he's coming home. The mercenary company has fallen apart. His ideas of glory and riches are, are have slipped through his fingers. And he's basically on his way home a failure. And that's where we start out. So I think everybody could find something to relate to in all the four characters. It sounds like a lot of fun. And I, I think people should check it out. We'll, we'll make sure we um, have a link to that as well as, of course, the uh, Gunslinger's Emancipation series and, and all your stuff. Because I think it's a lot of uh, just it sounds like a lot of fun all the way around. Um, before we close out though, um, let us know where people can find you. Where's a good place where people can kind of connect with you. And uh, we were not obviously meeting people in person at conventions right now, but, uh, mm -hmm. there are places we're meeting online. So where do you like to do that? Well, most of my stuff happens obviously through Facebook. I do have a couple of Facebook, um, pages dedicated to my work. I've got, uh, for the other, it's, uh, Facebook backslash facebook.com backslash the other Lovecraft. I don't mean that I'm the other Lovecraft, <laughs> just that the title of the series is The Other and it's based on Lovecraft. Uh, my author page is just Troy Young Author on Facebook. And I also have one Florida Man, the novel. Uh, Florida Man became the extraordinary adventure or extraordinary life, sorry, of Jimmy Mayfield. Uh, that's the very first novel I wrote. It was just published in November of last year, and it's currently up for a uh, Stephen Leacock Award for humor. Um, but nothing fantasy about that. But So that's it. And my main website where all my work can be found is floridamandthenovel.com, again, based off of my early uh, Jimmy Mayfield story. So... Those are the two areas I think people would uh, most likely find me. All my stuff is available exclusive through Amazon and is enrolled in Kindle Unlimited. Good to know. So folks can um, who are enrolled with KU can go ahead and um, pick up your books um, and check them out. Uh, Troy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I am excited to uh, dig into this these myself, and I hope our listeners will check them out as well. Uh, and uh, best of luck with the coming books in your series. Thanks, Jamie, and thanks for having me on your show.
And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I hope you'll catch up with us for a whole lot more from the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Focus Community Group over on Facebook and, of course, over at fantasy-focus.com. And if you head over to the website, you will actually be able to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. There are links right below the audio player on any of the podcast posts that will allow you to subscribe, whether uh, you're using iOS or Android, your favorite mobile app for getting podcasts, even by email if you want. So check that out. We have some great authors coming up and you don't want to miss any of them. So make sure you subscribe now. That's it anyway for this episode, though. Um, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me in my Facebook group, Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, over on Facebook. Just crossed over the 500 mark in the group, so I hope you'll come and join the fun. We don't just talk about my books. We talk about everything to do with fantasy, uh, fantasy movies, fantasy books, fantasy TV shows, you name it. Um, We talk about all of it over there, so come by and join the fun. And uh, we do giveaways, too, so there'll be lots of opportunities to get some freebies while you're there. Whatever you do, though, subscribe to the podcast. Come back here and join the next episode. In the meantime, though, make sure you keep your eyes open while you're out there, folks, because there's magic all around you.